The Cincinnati Bearcats are joining the Big 12 at a time of transition for the conference. They're part of the conference's new guard with Blue Bloods leaving and a new television deal on the horizon. So what does this all mean? Those questions answered today on Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Alex Frank here with you, former sports director of UC's student run media organization, Bearcats Media, bringing all of my play by play experiences and sports talk show hosting experiences here to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. On our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, now up to 211 subscribers and counting. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. So today I am joined by the host of the Lockdown Big 12 podcast, the soon-to-be home of the Cincinnati Bearcats starting July 1st of 2023. And Josh, um, what does uh, it mean for the Big 12? For Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU, they're all joining the conference on that day next year. What does it mean? Talk to us what that means for the Big 12 and for these four schools, particularly Cincinnati. Well, you know, I think it's it's a really important question. Once again, it's good to be with you, Alex. Um, I think, that, you know, when Oklahoma and Texas left, right, there was so much uncertainty. There were so many questions being asked. And the one really important thing here is that the Big 12 was able to negotiate this move after the they heard about OU in Texas. And actually, they're able to get the transition before those two teams leave, right? At this point in time, it looks like, you know, we're going to have OU and Texas still in the Big 12 while Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF join the conference as well. So the fact – I think my big takeaway right now – is the speed with which the Big 12 was able to procure those four new teams and get them into the league is impressive. Now, I think, once again, we have to note a lot of that comes down to money, right? The fact that um, the exit fees for the AAC are not as steep as the exit fees for the Big 12 for Texas and OU is a big factor for that. But, if, but you know, the fact that we're going to get these four teams in for sure – in every single sport starting in 2023. I mean, Alex, you know, you think about this, in about 14 months from right now, we're going to start seeing Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, and UCF Athletics. They're going to be here. Soccer, uh, you know, is one of those sports that starts usually in, in the fall. And so, you know, late August next next year, once again, 14 months away, we're going to start seeing those teams in the conference. It really is surreal for, for me to think about that. So why is it, Josh, that – and I'm curious. I'm going to piggyback off something you just said. Why is the exit fee in the American bigger, steeper than it is in the Big 12? It's not. It's the, the, the Americans is – the Big 12 fee is larger than the okay. Americans right. fee. Well, the reason for that is obviously the, the television contract's not as big, right? That, that's, that's why – um, you know, the, the conference isn't making as much money. And so being a member, you are because you are leaving the conference earlier, you are breaking the contract earlier. 
And for OU and Texas case, they'd be breaking a larger contract earlier than, uh, than, you know, than expected. And that's why the fee would be larger. Okay. So the timeline from what I remember, and you remember Texas and Oklahoma announced July of last year when conference media days are starting that they're heading to the SEC. Then the Big 12 extends invitations to Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston. Those four teams will join next year. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 in 2024. Is that right, Josh? Well, the timeline, so right now, they are scheduled to leave after the 2024 academic year. So 2024 and 2025. So the 2024 college football season, 2024-2025 college basketball season, and he's another big sport. Uh, the 2025 college baseball season. So they would begin their football season in the SEC. The 2025 SEC season would have OU in Texas in it. That's what's scheduled right now, though. There's no, there's no word on whether that or not, you know, that, that will change or not. I will say this, this is a bunch. There was more smoke around the AAC schools making that move faster than there was about OU in Texas making the move. It's pretty quiet on the Western front right now in terms of that. So no move is imminent right now for them, at least from what we're hearing. So that means as Bearcats fans, we get two years of Oklahoma and Texas being in the big 12. So that can mean that both those teams come to Nippert stadium at least once when the Bearcats join the big 12. I mean, you want to talk about a, the the hot ticket that that would be for Cincinnati Bearcats students, fans, alumni, you name it. That's what we're going to get. Yeah, and I think there is a lot of excitement from all of these fan bases. I think, um, you know, if if they wanted to, I think there's a lot of people that believe the powers that be in the Big 12 might make things really difficult on those teams that are planning to exit. Um, if they were to do that, I think the most challenging places that you could play would be Nipper Stadium, Cincinnati, also BYU. Making those teams go to Provo, Utah, I think that that's probably the most challenging in my opinion right now just because it's a, it's a difficult venue. They're always really good, and that place is uh, – I mean, it's a pretty big stadium too. You know what I mean? I'm not sure what Nipper states, but I know BYU is pretty – I mean, it's considerably large. It's going to be one of the bigger ones in the conference when they come in. So – those are the toughest trips. I think the Orlando trip is going to be a desirable one. I know the you know the bounce house gets pretty loud, it gets pretty raucous. Um, but I think from where the programs are right now, I think trips to Cincinnati, uh, trips to Cincinnati, and trips to BYU, be the most difficult ones to see. And I think obviously um, those fan bases would get up for that because they want to prove a point, and saying, "Hey, you know, we're replacing teams that we can beat." So what do you think now that it's official? And I know I know I had you on um, back in March, I believe. But now that it's official that these teams are going to the Big 12, Cincinnati included in 2023, what is Cincinnati going to bring to the conference from both a football and a men's basketball standpoint? Well, to, so to me on the football side of things, you know, it was interesting, Alex. I was actually having this conversation the other day with a couple of people about who the best coach in the new Big 12 is. Um and, you know, I, a lot of people, I was actually overruled out of, out of the group we had. Three of the four people I was talking with thought it was Luke Fickle. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I believe it's Mike. I mean, I think Luke Fickle's awesome. This is not me sliding Luke Fickle at all. I think Mike Gundy is number one. 
I would just say for the sustained success that they've had at a program like Oklahoma State, what he has done is incredibly uncommon. There are very few programs of Oklahoma State stature that win eight, nine, ten games at the clip they do with the same coach. Kind of, you know, almost a Wisconsin-type program. Um, maybe not on the, what we think of the level of Wisconsin, right? But kind of winning like that, I, I think he's up there. But as long as Luke Fickle's the coach, you're bringing a coach who is in the conversation with Mike Gundy. And Mike Gundy, you know, I think he's one of the best 10 coaches in all of college football. And so if you're if you're talking about your coach being one of the best 10 guys or in the conversation with one of the 10 best guys, that's a great place to start from, right? I mean, that's a fantastic – if you're a Bearcats fan, don't take this as a slight. Take this as a fact that you're at the dance party now. You're going to a bigger conference. you got a coach who's fantastic who is still there right now. All of those things are positives. You know, the roster turnover and the development, I'm curious to see how that looks. I think it's actually positive, in my opinion, for Cincinnati that they're going to get one more year in the AAC because they kind of have to flip this roster over and get the next group beginning to develop some. I know you had a show about whether they're rebuilding or reloading, and it can be a combination of both, especially when your player development is as good as Cincinnati's is. So I think that's what I'm excited about from the football standpoint. The basketball standpoint, here's what I'll say. I like Wes Miller a lot. I think you and I have talked about it. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I think there is a steeper learning curve for basketball because this league is so, so difficult. I mean, I think that Kansas State team last year is a good example. They had a lot of good players and were around a 500 team, didn't make the tournament. I think they make the tournament in other leagues. The last two national champions have come from the Big 12. The last three national champions almost came to the Big 12. Texas Tech was really close. It was, it's been three separate programs, right? Texas Tech, KU, and Baylor. Um, you're adding Houston, who was a Final Four team last year, and I think is pretty damn close to being a, you know, almost a national championship caliber team. I think for them, the adjustment's going to be the, the, the smallest. I think Wes Miller is going to have a little bit of a challenge just because he's trying to – he's turning things around in Cincinnati, but you're also having to learn a new conference at the same time too. So it's almost a twofold thing. So I think it's going to take a bit more time for Cincinnati hoops to get acclimated as opposed to Cincinnati football. Still an exciting time for a school that is historically a basketball school going to yeah. perhaps the best yeah. conference in college basketball. So, Josh, after this, I want to ask you about the Bearcats' final season in the AAC and if they fall short of a third straight conference championship, if that would put a stain on the um, the how do I say this the the excitement of to, to put it the least of them joining the Big Twelve. So, we'll ask. I'm going to ask you about that after a word from Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL, Stanley Cup Final, and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and Josh, you know you're a big fan of this sport, golf. 
head to the website mm-hmm. today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts. So the Cincinnati Bearcats, Josh, Josh Neighbors, the host of Lockdown Big 12 and Lockdown Nationals, joining mm-hmm. me today. So, Josh, the Bearcats' final season in the AAC is going to be this year in 2022. And I've been thinking a lot about that recently because there's a lot of excitement. The people are caught up in the fact that UC's joining the Power 5 party. But at the end of the day, there's still a group of five member. And they still, even though they're headed to a Power 5 school, they've recruited at a Power 5 level. They've played at a Power 5 level the last few years, but they still got to take care of business and still put their stamp on this group of five conference that they remain in for this upcoming season. So my question is, how important is it, do you think, that the Cincinnati Bearcats win a third straight conference championship to enter the Big 12 on the heels of that? You know, for you all there, I think it. I think it's important for you all from from the Big Twelve perspective. I feel pretty confident in saying right now that I think the the conference champion of the AAC is going to be one of the three schools coming. Um, right now, the odds uh, are the odds makers have Cincinnati as the favorite at plus one eighty. UCF is at plus two hundred, and Houston's at plus four hundred. I really like the. I really actually like uh, the Cougars at plus four hundred right now. I, I think this might be the year they they kind of take that step forward and get the job done. So I think that's that's going to be something I'm watching. But, um, you know, to, to keep the momentum rolling, sure, I guess. But, like, that is – that's some really awesome momentum, right? I mean, that would be – I'm not sure what is it. Is it back-to-back conference championships right now they have? Yes. So this would be three straight? It I would mean, be. That's really hard to do, right? That's really, really difficult to do especially when you got a program like Houston that, you know, they weren't on Cincinnati's level last year. We saw that in the championship game, but still a good program. And they, you know, there's some attrition on Cincinnati's roster. And we know Houston's pretty well coached too. UCF well coached. We'll see what they can do. I know they've got some questions to answer, but uh, people feel pretty good about their recruiting last year. So I think for you all, it's really important. I think for the conference perspective, obviously we want to see one of those three teams meet. We'd also love to see a replay of last year where, Two of the teams, the AAC championship t- uh, game, are two teams that are going to the Big 12. And I think there's a pretty good shot that that happens. Yeah, Houston's come a long way. I mean, here's a program that lost its first game last year and then all of a sudden ripped off 11 straight. Now, the one right. thing they don't have going for them is that they lost their running back in, in the spring, Alton McCaskill, to a torn ACL. Not sure if he's going to return the season, but I look at fourth-year quarterback Clayton Toon. I look at receiver Nathaniel Dell, who had a really strong season last year, and I think about that defense that has some key players returning. So it's definitely going to be competitive. We know UCF is going to be in the mix. They are every year. But, Josh, I just feel like Cincinnati, because, you know, they were in the Big East. They were a powerhouse there. They won four Big East titles. And I still think that they should have been on the, the, um, the right side of the conference realignment at that time. So they've been in the AAC. And it took them six years, no, I'm sorry, seven years to even get to a championship game. And even though they've won back-to-back championships, I still think, and I thought about it then, and I thought about it even when they played for the title in 2019 and came up short against Memphis, that it was about damn time that they were in the, that position. So, like, to me, I think about if they don't win a conference championship this year, Josh, it kind of would put a stain 
on this excitement and this hoorah of going to the Big 12. Do you do you feel that way? Well, I think you have to look at last year's success and think about like how much of those guys – I mean, they had to cultivate all those guys, and they did a great job of that. It doesn't mean they can't do it again, but that stuff takes time. Like, Think about the amount of success that team had. I mean, getting them into a conference champion, getting them into the, the college football playoff, it really was a two-year process. Like, they needed both the – you know, that think about the 2021 season or the, the COVID year they had, excuse me, 2020 season, right? Their only slip up was a game against Georgia that really they should have won. Uh, I think they should have won that Georgia game. And that wasn't like a Georgia team that was resting a lot of its players. Uh, like the, Georgia was playing a lot of their big dogs. Georgia won the championship in the following season. You know what I mean? So like they had to put this run together where, you know, they, they won the championship last that, that year, came up just short in a New Year's Six Bowl. Next year, beat Indiana, had to beat Notre Dame, had to run the table. And um, to get there, and like that group was a special group. You can put together another group like that, but it takes time. And I think, you know, understanding like it's going to, you have to take a step back. Like they have, I mean, Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner, to get two guys like that, it's really impressive that, you know, to, to, you know, to get running, running backs like that and, and get a quarterback like Desmond Ritter. Like they had, like the offense at, at times was kind of stagnant last year. But to have a guy who was highly thought of as Desmond Ritter and to, to develop him and get him to a spot where you know they, he was he was that good and delivered that often takes some time. And so that's why I think it's okay for a reset. I know Cincinnati fans just want to keep the pedal down, but it's hard to do. You know, am I betting against it completely? No, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. They take a small step back here in the year 2022. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the possibility. I mean, and you look at the talent that they lost from last year's team. I mean, heck, nine NFL draft picks, including yeah. two All-Americans. The, the third most, I think they had the third most of yeah. any team, which behind, is remarkable. LSU yeah, was, and Georgia. Yeah, I mean, you're behind those two SEC powerhouses. I mean, that it, it's amazing to me the success of last year's team. And you are right, the time it took from the recruiting that they did in 2017 and 2018. And I think this year, Josh, you're going to see, hopefully, the fruits of that labor from the 2018 recruiting class, guys like Javon Hicks, Malik Van, Charles McClellan, stepping into larger roles because of guys who are departing, like Brian Cook and uh, Myjay Sanders and guys like um, Curtis Brooks. You know, Elijah Ponder departed mm. after the 2020 season. So you're going to finally see some um, players who have been recruited over the years, highly touted recruits, finally get into that spotlight. So this obviously, you're going to transition the subject here. The Big 12 is in a period of transition. So is this a good time for Cincinnati to be joining the Big 12, Josh? Uh, I mean, they're kind of caught in between. But I think generally, I mean, generally speaking, like this is – Look, you want you want to join the conference when your momentum is the best, and they're the fact that they're signed, sealed, and delivered to do it is great. I would say, like you know, maybe the, maybe the momentum slows down some, um, but I would also say, like, think about USF. Like USF was definitely in the mix a few years ago to be considered right to, for a team to come to the to the Big Twelve or any other conference. They lost all of their momentum. All of it. And so these things can be, not to be like a pun of, about the coach, but these things can be fickle, right? One second, you could be the hot <laughs> G5 team, the hot G5 team, and the next second, you might not be anymore. Cincinnati, I think, is here to stay, especially as long as Luke Fickle is there, but they're capitalizing off of momentum. They're a hot team right now. 
They're a hot football program. Basketball program's got some momentum. I think it's I, I think it's the right time. I, I think it's the right time because when you're hot, there's no better time to make that next uh, next step up, if you will. You mentioned the men's basketball program maybe needs to you know um, embark on a steeper learning curve than let's say football because football. I mean, you look at what they did last year, going to the college football playoff, beating Indiana and Notre Dame along the way. But is this university, Josh, football, men's basketball combined, are they ready to start com- not only competing? but winning from day one in the big 12 football is basketball. I don't think is, I think, I think people would agree. I mean, it's look, it's like, it's this conference winning in basketball is insanely hard. It is insanely, insanely hard. Think about the coaches that are in this conference and the things that they have accomplished. Bill self, two time champion. Uh, You've got Scott drew who is a champion. Uh, You've got um, obviously Chris beard, who is seconds away from becoming a champion at Texas Tech. You have got Porter Mosier, who took a team, you know, to the the final one or two, two, you know, final four, obviously for Porter Mosier. Uh, you've got Bob Huggins, who has been around forever. <laughs> Jerome Tang, you know, Jerome Tang just became a, a head coach, and he was a big part of the success that they had at Baylor. You just go up and down the list, think about all of these coaches, uh, and, and Mark Adams at Texas Tech, yeah. like how good he is. I mean. This is such a difficult league to to win in, to coach in. Uh, Jamie Dixon will tell you the same thing. Great coach over there, at, you know, at TCU. Um, you know, that's a program in a good spot. It's got players in the league. You know, like you know, we'll think about Desmond Bain uh, right now. Got good players. You know, like uh, Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin, who are really good. And that's that's a team that was towards the middle of the pack in this league. It's really difficult to win. Mike Boyton, they had the number one pick last year. Um, that's the kind of that's the kind of competition you're going up against. Variety. All of these teams have talent. A lot of these teams have older guys. A lot of these teams have great coaches. A lot of these teams have, you know, experienced coaches. That's what West Miller and company are going to have to contend with. Can they get there? Sure. It's just, it's, it's a different weight class. It's the best basketball conference in America. No doubt about it. And, and you rattling off all those coaches, it puts it in perspective how good the conference is. I mean, what, the fourth or fifth coach you mentioned was Bob Huggins. The Bearcats fans, of course, know all about him. I yeah. mean, he spent 15 years here, 16, what was it, 16 years here at yeah. Cincinnati. So, I mean, we know all about him. And, and I mean, that's going to be another thing with this, the Bearcats joining the Big 12. The, the rivalry renewed between them and West Virginia. Bob Huggins returning to newly renovated fifth third arena and being a coach on the opposing sideline. I mean, you, I cannot wait for that. So there's another element to the transition period of the big 12, the biggest element of that. And that is the new television deal that is on the horizon. We, we will talk about that with lockdown big 12 host Josh neighbors next after a word from two of our sponsors. All right. So the big 12, Josh, Josh neighbors, lockdown, big 12, lockdown nationals. My guest today here on lockdown Bearcats, Alex Frank, your host each and every day. And the Big 12 is getting a new television deal soon, Josh. What can you tell us about that? Well, not much at this point in time. Um, the, the factors that we're, that we're weighing right now, the things that you have to watch, all right? One, who's a new commissioner? All right, that's going to that's gonna decide. Yeah. This. Um, the grant of rights, which is functionally the television deal, is up in 2025. So the negotiating window comes in like a year and a half, I think is what it is right now. Um, the Big Ten is currently negotiating their deal as it stands right now. So that's something that you have to watch is that the the Big Ten, the way they go, the direction which they go is going to be very important for this. Um, them in the Pac-12 
whatever happens with them is going to help define what happens here, right? So if the Big Ten signs up with Fox, exclusively Fox, it's actually probably good news because that means that the uh, there's a lot of other places that might want live sports. If the Big Ten, in my opinion, splits up their package and goes with Paramount Plus and CBS for some and goes with Fox for some and ESPN for some, that could hurt because there's a bunch of different places that are getting a piece of it and they might not want Big 12 content. Pac-12, I'm interested to see they're trying to get away from that Pac-12 network stuff, um, might still have that, but they want more of their stuff on linear cable. And George Klyavkov has been pretty transparent about that. He wants their stuff on – he thinks like we're two, we're basically two media deals away from a lot of stuff being on uh, a la carte, uh, Paramount Pluses, Peacocks, Apple TV Pluses, places like that. Um, so I think he's going to be focused on getting on linear cable. I think the advantage the Big 12 might have – I think going towards uh, a place and offering up your product as a you know as a part of somebody's streaming platform, helping a CBS build a Paramount Plus, helping Apple build Apple TV Plus with football, helping a NBC build Peacock with giving them a lot of your football and big basketball games, um, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube TV exclusive stuff. I think that might be the best thing. You might be sacrificing some visibility. But I think as long as, you know, the, the big thing you have to do is make sure the money is good. Because the, the thing that we're, we're seeing here is, you know, the ACC is in a bad TV deal. There's a chance the Big 12 to catch up, you know, and, and surge ahead maybe in terms of yearly, uh, how much money they're, they're raking in. I think that could be through a streaming service. So that's, that's what to watch here. Watch what the Big 10 does. Watch what the Pac-12 does. And watch who becomes the next commissioner of the big 12 and how much he's going to have a lot of input on this, obviously. So it sounds like that a lot of these conferences are, are leaning towards going to streaming services as opposed to, you know, what we've been used to for the last 150 plus years. Right. Well, it depends. I think the PAC 12, because of the, the disaster that was the PAC 12 network, I think they want to go towards linear. I think they, I think they want their games on Fox, on the CBS, the world, on ESPNs at like reasonable times. Um, that's been a problem for them. I think the the Big Ten is going to do whatever makes the most money for them because, they, look, they're going to be on TV anyway. Um, they're going to make a lot of money. They've got a lot of coveted brands, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. They got brands that rate well. So they'll go that direction. Um, so I think it's going to be a mixture of both. I think the Big 12's best avenue, though, to make the most money is going to be like an Apple TV plus they just shelled out $250 million. I guess what the, the dollar figure was for MLS. So obviously trying to get into the streaming space with live sports are these streaming services. I think the big 12 definitely has a chance to be a part of that. Uh, once again, you do give up some visibility because not everybody has it, but you you're going to make some money because I think ultimately somebody might overpay for, for something just to say they have a live sport. Do you think at some point that there will be an established Big Twelve network? It's an interesting question. They, you know, I think everybody's kind of got one. So maybe there's, you know, there's Big Twelve now stuff on on ESPN Plus. It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know for sure if we're going to get a Big Twelve network. Maybe it's maybe it's something that's on a package. So if it goes to a Paramount Plus, you know, maybe they have Big Twelve network programming on Paramount Plus, stuff like that. 
All right, so Cincinnati uh, Director of Athletics John Cunningham spoke earlier this week, or last week rather, about Cincinnati receiving the school, receiving twice as much revenue from the television deals they are now in the American. Um, how important is that for Cincinnati? And just like how much will that benefit them once they join the Big 12? It's everything. I mean, it's it's what makes your facilities a bit nicer. Uh, it, it, you know, it allows you to hire, um, you know, more staff. It allows you to, you know, to attract more recruits and get more people in to see what you've got. All of it. And that's what matters. This is a money sport. It's what it is. There's a, that's the big reason why OU and Texas are leaving. It's the reason why the Big 12 had to stay, you know, to add teams to make it live. It's the reason why the, the Big 10 is about to make millions of dollars. Chasing the dollars. Chasing the dollars. Dollars means more wins. You know, more wins. Well, ostensibly, we think. More dollars means more wins because it means better facilities. It means more, uh, you know, more uh, eyeballs. It means more kids being interested. It's a machine that feeds itself. So that TV contract really is everything. Okay, so let's go to um, on-field stuff uh, to wrap up the show. So the Bearcats obviously have a huge, huge quarterback battle, Ben Bryan, Evan Prater. Um, Which quarterback do you think will give the Bearcats the best chance at having the most success in the Big 12? Well, I mean, you know better than me. This is, you know, this this is a a tough task, right? Replacing um, a guy who was, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like the way Desmond Desmond Ritter just seemed revered, like he just seemed. He, oh, he was. I mean, just you know, a guy who's a father, right? And and you could kind of tell, like, just there is a a maturity about him, yeah. right? A a guy who just got it, like what it meant to be a leader, what it meant to be the central figure, and um, you know, it's tough. That's it's tough to find, right? It's tough to find. Um, and it's important to be a big quarterback. I mean, where do you think this battle is going? Is it going towards kind of the age of, of Bryant or are people kind of intrigued by Evan Prater? Um, I think right now it, it's still very much up in the air. I, I think, and I've said on this podcast many times that if I was, it was up to me, I would choose Evan Prater because I think you can, you have more potential on the offense with him, but there's also Ben Bryant's experience. He knows um, the program. He's been here since 2018. I know he transferred to Eastern Michigan for 2021 last year, but at the same time, um, I think it's 50-50 right now. I mean, and we probably won't know until the first game of the season, September 3rd, against Arkansas. So, again, my I would choose Evan Prater if it was up to me, but at the end of the day, it's still very much up in the air right now. It's going to be a battle throughout fall camp starting late next month and into uh, the uh, Labor Day weekend in September. So final question, Josh, do, I mean, cause when I think of the big 12 and I think what a lot of people think of the big 12, they think of this air raid, air core yell, down core yell, passing offense, you know, spread offense. We're going to spread the field. We're going to throw all over the field. But do you think Cincinnati, because they, they are a ground and pound offense. I mean, yeah, Desmond Ritter was unbelievable last year, 33 touchdown right. passes, but do you think Cincinnati has to, evolve their offense into a spread offense to, you know, be able to compete and win in the big 12. No, I mean, the two teams that were in the big 12 championship last year were, were Oklahoma state and Baylor. And uh, they were defense first run the football teams. I know people think Mike Gundy. Oh my God. No offense. Right. I mean, no, that team was, the team was run the football and play defense. Like don't get it twisted. Um, I think this league where it's going is it's adapting to its personnel better. I think that's the way it was. I think last year there were some really good defenses 
And I think last year there were a lot of good running backs. I think that's what made this conference go last year. The reason, I mean, Brees Hall, uh, Abram Smith, Deuce Vaughn, Letty Brown, Jalen Warren, Kennedy Brooks, um, all of these guys were really good running backs. Even Devin Neal at KU is back. Uh, Bijan Robinson, obviously, is back. This is a running back league last year. The quarterback play was down. I think you're going to see it be dependent on I – think, I think because there's a lot of good coaches in this league, they adapt their teams, their game plans, their strategies to their strengths. That's what guys like, like Lance Leipold are really good at. That's what Mike Gundy did last year. That's what Matt Campbell is really good at doing. That's what Dave Aranda did last year. So I think those coaches who adapt their teams to what they do best will succeed. And so I think Cincinnati is going to be one of those situations. Now, they might, you know, like Baylor. I think Baylor is always going to have this kind of disposition towards running the ball and playing defense because Dave Aranda is their coach. But you can do different things within that. You can you know, kind of lean towards more pass-happy stuff at times. So I think it's just going to depend on the personnel and it's going to depend on what the coaching staff think is best. But I don't think it's a bad idea for Cincinnati to come in this league and try to run the football and play at the line of scrimmage. I don't think that would be a bad plan at all. We'll see what happens. Josh Neighbors locked on Big 12, also locked on Nationals. He's also a producer for the College Channel on Sirius XM Radio. It's always a pleasure having you on, Josh. Um, where can fans follow you on Twitter and uh, other places where they can see your work? You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO Big 12. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe. We are approaching 900, trying to get to 1,000 before the football season starts. And also, we have weekly mailbags, so I love to hear questions from people. So leave us a question in our community tab as well. Alex, thanks for having me on. Josh Neighbors, thank you so much for joining me today on Lockdown Bearcats, the host of Lockdown Big 12. And we will be back tomorrow. I want to talk more about the cornerback uh, turnover for the Cincinnati Bearcats because it is going to be a major storyline, probably the second biggest storyline going into the season and throughout the season. Who takes over for two All-Americans? Plus, uh, why the Cincinnati Bearcats, as you just heard Josh and I talk about, why the Cincinnati Bearcats are in a great position to win right from ready from day one when they joined the Big 12, especially in football, which might be the most important uh, most important. If they can win in football right away, that might be most important above all. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com with any questions or if you have a topic that you want me to discuss on the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, feel free to shoot me an email or message me on Twitter, direct message me on Twitter. My DMs are open at Frankie underscore Natty is where you can do that. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. You can search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey Sports Experts, the Draft Experts of Lockdown NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode, and I will be back tomorrow on the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. I'm Alex Frank. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Have a great rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow here on Lockdown Bearcats.